Welcome to the Warrior Woman Podcast for authentic, autonomous, birthy women of faith. I'm your host and newbie to podcasting, Julie Nitz. My main focus is around the birth cycle, but in no way is any of this medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. It's a sacred journey. Come to your own conclusions, make your own choices, and own them. Hey everyone, I am back after a really long break since our last podcast where I talked to Hannah. Um, I want to continue in this postpartum series that I said I would start. Um, I actually got to go to Tennessee to visit my best friend who is pregnant. She was actually due yesterday, um, April 27th, and she has not birthed yet still waiting on her, but a couple weeks ago, I got to go and spend five days with her, hanging out, you know how it is at the end of pregnancy if you've birthed before, and if you haven't, those last few weeks um, and days can become pretty emotional, pretty um, tiring, exhausting, some of those first trimester woes come back at the end, and you're just anxious to be with your baby and to meet your new little girl or boy. And so this is her fifth baby and she has dealt with some depression this pregnancy. And so I wanted to go out and just make life a little bit more cheerful, a little easier on her and hang out with her. So I got to leave my kids here and fly out there and we did some cleaning and did some preparing of some postpartum foods for her. She has a lot of food already made for her and people will be bringing her meals, but there were a few things that she wanted to go ahead and make, get some rice bagged up and quinoa and some protein bars for her postpartum reprieve. So we did some of that and I also got to throw her a mama blessing, which was really fun for me. I've never gotten to throw her one um, before. It was... I get to henna her belly. That was my first, um, actually second belly that I ever hennaed. It turned out pretty good. And um, we just had a really good time. I We also cleaned out her birth space, cleaned up her room really nice, did all the deep cleaning stuff and put the birth pool up. I have brought her some pretty curtains and lights to go in her birth space. And um, during her mama blessing, we made some... Um, birth affirmations to hang up. So that was um, really pretty and it turned out really good. I was really pleased with it and so was she. It was a huge blessing to both of us. Um, She was thrilled that someone would come out and spend all that time with her, helping her and prepare and it was a huge blessing to get to be able to do that. Something that I won't um, forget and I think I've mentioned before maybe on the last podcast that um, This is my friend who actually came out and spent over a month with me at the end of my last pregnancy, helping me by cooking and cleaning and got to be there for my birth and the first week after she was born, it was a huge blessing. So for me to get to go and return some of that blessing to her was really a chance of a lifetime and I hope that I get to do that again for her if she ever needs it. Anyway, so back to podcast land. 
Um, I want to continue with the postpartum um, series. Uh, last time I kind of gave an overall of the five different areas of um, postpartum. We talked about um, retreat or an extended period of rest. We talked about having warmth and nourishing food, uh, support and presence of other wise women and spiritual companionship, and rest and contact with nature. And then we talked about loving touch or ritual. So today I want to combine those first two, retreat or an extended period of rest, and warmth and nourishing food. Um, so for retreat, if you'll remember, um, that extended period of rest lasts anywhere from 20 to 60 days, depending on where you are in the world and your culture. And it consists of extended family taking over your childcare and household duties. And the whole purpose of it is so that that mama baby can bond on the outside. It provides healing for mom's body, both physical and spiritual integration. Because so much has happened, remember? It's not just the birth of a baby, but a birth of a mother. Um, so we talked about how other cultures uh, believe the postpartum time is a time to be honored and that it can actually restore health and promote lifelong health. And that when we ignore that or abuse it... Um, then women become vulnerable to, to disease and ailments, including mental and spiritual. Uh, we also talked about how the Western culture here where we live, um, they kind of give a nod to it with the six-week postpartum um, period, but there's not really a lot to that time um, given as far as instruction or rest or reprieve or how to heal during that time. And then we talked about warmth or nourishing food, um, but I'll get to that in a minute. So let's first talk about um, how long should that extended period of rest be? So for every woman, that's going to be different depending on your situation. I, uh, we talked about having the 555 rule, five days in the bed, five days on the bed, and five days around the bed. And I would suggest if nothing else, you honor those first 15 days in that way. Um, it would be really amazing if your husband could get off for that first week after baby. Two weeks would be amazing, really great. Not just so that he can help, but so that he can integrate into this new life, whether it's his first baby or second, third, fourth, fifth. There is so many changes that go on in a family by just adding one more person to it. So that gives him time to integrate also and to take care of you and your baby and other children. So if you have vacation time, this is a really good time for your husband to use it. Um, if um, your mom or sister or friend has some vacation time and they're willing to take it so that they can provide this help, that would be amazing. And don't be afraid to ask. Some people, um, it wouldn't even cross their mind to ask uh, for that or, or to offer it. So they 
you, you know, you never know unless you actually ask. So I would encourage you to ask your mom to come and stay or your mother-in-law, maybe um, a grandmother um, or an aunt who you know is available or might be available or who would love the opportunity to come spend a week with you. Um, you know, if you have sisters or friends or neighbors um, who are willing to really get in the trenches with you and help, that can help you determine whether you're going to take two weeks off or four weeks. Do you have enough help to do 40 days like we talked about um, six weeks? Do you um, hire a postpartum doula? Maybe you can afford to do that or save up. Maybe you're not even pregnant yet and you're listening to this podcast. I would suggest that you start um, not just a fund to pay for your birth, um, having a home birth with a midwife, ulti- um, ultimately, that would be amazing. But also planning for the postpartum time for food, time off, a postpartum doula, lactation consultant, all of these things are amazing to have yourself set up with and worth every penny of it. Um, something else to look into, does your church or um, local homeschool group have mother's helpers? So maybe um, young girls or teenagers, um, 10 to, you know, 20s, who would be willing to come every day and spend some time or maybe come and spend a whole week with you that first week after the baby's born to get some experience. Um, It can count towards school. I've totally done that with my um, oldest daughter. It is definitely life skills and uh, volunteer time, community service, all of these things that is going to enrich their lives and build character. Um, So reach out and find out who is willing to help. Again, if you don't ask, you won't know. And a lot of people don't think about these things. It's not that they don't want to offer it. They've just never even thought about it. So you might want to ask Um, some moms that you know who have some daughters or even sons. My sons have helped out many people. They're really good with children, um, depending on your comfort level around that or anyone really. Um, So there are lots of options. So that will help you determine how much time can you cocoon yourself? How much time can you spend resting? Um, I wanted to read this story I call it the lazy story, or she actually, um, Kimberly Ann Johnson may actually call it that in the book, the fourth trimester that I I mentioned. Um, I just love, love, love this story that she tells. It's called Preparing to Rest. So I'm just going to read it directly from the book so you can get the gist of it. My two best friends gave birth a few months before me, each of them going into labor at 36 weeks. So at 36 weeks, I was thinking that any day it could be my turn. I spent my last month of pregnancy going on walks along the beach, eating ice cream, a welcomed mandate from my midwife, loving my partner, and then spending time with my mom who eagerly showed up on my due date, the 40-week mark. I also slept more than I had ever slept. One night I slept for 14 hours. Later, I realized my body was intelligently storing up sleep for birthing and mothering. Then came 41 weeks, then 42 weeks. 
I was living in Rio de Janeiro and was already recognizing all over town as sorry, recognized all over town as the pregnant foreigner. I started having dreams about elephant gestation, the longest of all mammals. Elephants carry their young for two years. In my dreams, people were spotting me in different neighborhoods, the red-headed gringa who was eternally pregnant. There she is again, still pregnant, just getting bigger and bigger, they'd say. In those last weeks of pregnancy, I hauled myself across town on a bus each week to a movement class with pregnant women who shared the same midwife. We all waddled in and did a combination of wrist circles, snake-like belly dance hip undulations, and woo-woo visualizations. At the beginning of one of the classes, as we settled in, lying comfortably on the floor, each one of us checked in with a word that represented how we were feeling. Each person chimed in. Alegria, happiness, forca, strength, nervosa, anxious. Then it was my turn. Lazy. You could hear the group inhale and the ah, followed by an enthusiastic, que delicia, how delicious. Huh? I thought, how delicious? Growing up American, I can't think of a single positive connotation with the word lazy. Calling someone lazy is the equivalent of calling him or her worthless or a loser in our society. So when the entire room of pregnant mamas and midwives collectively sighed and celebrated my laziness, it gave me pause. Maybe I had something to learn from the idea of laziness being a good thing. Maybe I needed to surrender into feeling lazy. Lazy was exactly what a pregnant woman past her due date and living in a tropical climate should be. So why not, why not try to befriend that feeling? So I just love that because, you know, we have these ideas of what things should be um, in our culture. And I, I think I've mentioned in the first um, postpartum series that or um, the first postpartum um, podcast that I did that in our culture, we only appreciate go, go, go and accomplishments and to-do lists. And, you know, we can't just sit and be still. It's, it's something that makes us feel um, ashamed. It makes us feel like divas. It makes us feel like um, too needy. We've got to just keep going and moving. But other cultures don't have that bondage. They are free to rest, to take a siesta, to be lazy and it not being a negative word. So I want to give you permission to be lazy, to lay around, allow your body to rest, to rejuvenate, to regroup, um, you know, get back into clarity of mind, this different, this integration of this new world, this new belonging into the world, this baby needing you and you needing this baby. Uh, so I would encourage you to embrace the word lazy during this time and that it isn't just a negative thing. So the next thing I want to talk about is preparing your nest. So if you're going to have an extended period of rest and ultimately, like I talked about in the 555, um, you're not going to be leaving your bedroom during this time or very little, if at all possible. So you need to prepare your space so that you can feel supported 
and without needing to call on your help too much and call them away from other things that they may be um, you know, doing for you, cooking, cleaning, entertaining the children, or, or perhaps resting themselves. So making sure that your space has all of your nursing and diapering supplies, um, nipple balm and um, nursing pads and diapers and burpers and whatever the things that you need for your baby and nursing. Having lots of drinks and snacks. Uh, I like to have people have a basket next to their bed and have some um, juice boxes in there. Um, perhaps, you know, always having a big quart or half gallon jug of water or herbal teas. Um, having some Lara bars and um, maybe some granola bars. Any kind of protein packed snacks like nuts or seeds would be really great for you. Um, also, you know, especially that those first five days should be lots and lots of resting. So even if you're not actually sleeping, just laying there and resting and being with your baby. Um, and that might mean you need some earplugs or an eye mask. If you're like me, uh, it's really hard to sleep during the day when there's a lot of light. So having an eye mask would help that. And then earplugs so that you're not tempted to go and correct the kids whenever um, you know, they're fussing or being a little bit too loud. So put those earplugs in, lay down, put that mask on and take a little nap. Um, having enough pillows and blankets so that you are comfortable, something cozy, something you enjoy looking at and touching your skin. Um, those might all sound like luxuries, but whenever you're going to spend a lot of time in bed, it would be really great for it to be a place that you want to be. Um, also, a lot of moms love to get themselves a couple pairs of new pajamas or a nursing gown, something that makes it really easy to nurse your baby that is going to feel comfortable and cozy, not too restrictive. So that's something that you can add to your registry or um, perhaps splurge on. Having a TV tray is amazing so that you can eat your meals without spilling things. I found a TV tray at Goodwill when I was pregnant with Nava. Um, I think it was like five bucks or something. It's great. It's got um, two little um, pockets on each side. So I kept some books and magazines and papers, um, napkins and some snacks and supplies there. And if I needed to sit up in bed those, you know, other days, um, day six through 15, then I could do some work there or draw or color or whatever I wanted. Um, and again, you know, you're eating your food there. It makes it so much easier so you're not spilling all over yourself or you can set things down, um, nurse the baby, and yet your food is still high enough where you can reach it. It was such an, an investment. So keep an eye out for one of those. And then any supplements that you're going to have. So you don't have to go and ask someone for them. Um, continue taking whatever prenatal vitamins you might have already been taking. Um, it's good to continue those throughout the postpartum time. Um, I suggest taking a calcium magnesium supplement for those pesky um, afterbirth pains. Um, chlorophyll is really good for rebuilding your blood. Um, Arnica tablets for pain and bruising and swelling. So whatever supplements that you might be taking, it's really great to keep those nearby so that you have them and you don't have to ask for them. 
And then aesthetics, what your environment looks like. So that might mean picking up a pair of new curtains or just washing them, cleaning up your linens and your curtains and dusting, things like that. Maybe you wanna take those um, lights that you put up around your birth pool and uh, leave them up during this time so that you can keep that really fun, calming atmosphere. Uh, maybe switch out your birth affirmations or mantras for postpartum ones, things that are focused on breastfeeding or um, postpartum cramping or, you know, day three, four, where your milk comes in and your emotions are just um, peaking during this time. Um, my best friend, Brittany, she actually um, has some really great uh, affirmations that I love Maybe I can add to the notes, um, just keeping things in perspective and they would go really well for postpartum too. And then don't forget about your bathroom, getting ready um, your bathroom supplies like pads or depends, adult diapers, you know, in those first few days are really helpful. Um, a peri bottle if you're going to use that, just um, a note for using your peri bottle um, actually, I'll talk about that later. So, um, moving on, um, cleaner and cloths. So, um, you know, postpartum bleeding can be pretty messy. So you might get blood on the toilet. Of course, feel free to leave that there and let your caregivers, your husband, wife, sister, whoever, uh, wife, husband, sister, um, whoever is helping to take care of you, um, clean that up. But if you're like me and you don't mind just giving a little spray and a wipe, having some of that stuff right there nearby helps keep things really clean. Hemorrhoid supplies, it is very common for women to have some hemorrhoids postpartum. So having some witch hazel pads um, or some, um, there was, I can't remember what it was called. It was a funny name, some kind of um, bottom butter I don't know. It wasn't for babies though, um, but it was for hemorrhoids. That was great that I kept on the back of my toilet too. So maybe having a little basket there with supplies would be really great. Um, you can uh, have your postpartum teas for your peri bottle and um, for compresses. And uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more in detail when I talk about warmth which we are going to go ahead and move on to. So the next thing, um, so an extended rest was number one. And now number two, we're going to talk about warmth and nourishing foods. So to recap that um, subject, the body loses warmth in the form of blood loss at birth. So we want to um, rewarm the body so that it has everything it needs so that it can um, um, rebuild that blood up and get to where it needs to be to regulate. Sometimes you'll have some night sweats to get rid of excess fluid, but the actual red blood cells need to be building up and um, we wanna have this homeostasis happening in the body, so um, keeping the, your body warm will help with that. You can return warmth to the body with warm, nourishing foods that are easy to digest. Um, they help uh, with elimination and milk production. So things like soups, stews, porridges with warming spices. 
Um, avoid cold, chilled, or greasy foods like fried foods. We want to add nice fats, good fats to our to our um, our diet, but greasy foods are something we want to avoid, like French fries and um, deeply um, fried foods. And we want to have warm herbal baths and compresses. So. Keep your room comfortably warm. You don't want to be too hot, especially if you're birthing here in the summer in Arizona. You'll probably have the air conditioning on, but just don't, if you're feeling chilly, then, you know, maybe turn the fan down or move it away from you. Just keep your room comfortably warm. You don't want to be too hot. Warm herbal baths or yoni steams every day for at least the first week. Some women are able to do 40 days of steaming, which would be really fantastic if you can do. And it's easy to do. You don't need a lot of supplies. You'd use the same herbal bath mixture as you would for your, um, your herbal baths. And um, we can talk about yoni steams in another podcast if you want. If you want to hear more about that, just uh, send me a message um, you can record one through the Anchor app for me and um, leave any kind of comments um, for me in the iTunes app or um, on Facebook or wherever you're listening to this from. Um, let's see. Oh, also something you can do is to fill a crock pot, especially the ones that have the warm setting so it doesn't get too hot. But you can put buy little um, those um, big muslin bags. Not big. I mean, bigger than a tea bag, like maybe two or three size, the size of two or three tea bags, and you fill it with herbs. You can also wrap it in cheesecloth, your postpartum herbs, and put it in that crock pot and just let it sit there and steep, making a really strong tea. And you can use that to fill your peri bottle. If you keep a ladle there, you can fill up your peri bottle about halfway and then put regular water in there the rest of the way. And you can use that to rinse off your perineum um, or clean yourself after your pee. The only thing I would tell you is to be careful not to wash away that first clot from any tears that you might have. Because those first, that first clot is going to be the most connective. So it's going to connect those tissues together and um, be really healing and thick. So that it's going to be less burning. It's going to heal much faster that way. So you want to just gently squirt and do it in more of a downward motion so that you're not squirting straight at any kind of tears that you have. You can also um, use that crock pot of strong tea for warm compresses. So keep a stack of washcloths, clean washcloths there, and um, dip them in the, the tea and kind of wring them out a little bit so that they're not really drippy. Um, and then fold them into thirds. So fold the right side towards the middle and the left side over and so that it forms kind of a, a pad. And then just tuck it right there um, in your um, in your depends. Or if you're just free bleeding onto a chucks pad, you can just lay that over your perineum um, and all around your vulva so that um, you can bring some healing to that um, 
sore, bruised area, uh, it can be very comforting. You can also put some witch hazel on that if you have uh, hemorrhoids going on and just tuck that gently in there between your um, butt cheeks. Um, a great way to take care of hemorrhoids is making sure that you push them inside your body after every bowel movement especially. Um, you can do that while you're in the shower when you're nice and wet because you want to make sure that your fingers are clean and lubricated. Um, so in the shower is great or in the bath, just push those right into your body so that um, they are going to heal best if they're inside of your body. And then if you, after, definitely after you have a bowel movement and they, those get pushed out with clean lubricated hands, push them back in and then use the witch hazel compresses um, to shrink and um, relieve any kind of burning. Um, what's next? Um, warm but not hot showers. So they're, like I mentioned, a lot of women have postpartum sweats. They're just sweating a lot, getting rid of that excess fluid and want um, a nice warm shower. Be sure that, especially in that first week um, or first few days, that you're not taking super hot showers because it can make you feel lightheaded and you don't want to pass out. Um, so just nice warm showers. And remember, you don't need to wash your nipples. Your body secretes um, natural oils and protective, um, um, I guess oils is the word, protective oils from your nipples. And you don't want to wash that away because it's really healing. And then we are going to move on to nourishing food. So that means warm, easily digestible foods like broth, soups, stews, and porridges. Um, in the book, The First 40 Days, she talks about foods you need to embrace. So foods to embrace would be, um, like I mentioned, soups, stews, broths, and stewed fruits, warmed cooked grains, chicken, slow-cooked lamb, beef, or bison, custards, steamed puddings, warm milk, soft goat cheese, unsweetened whole milk, yogurt, um, hard cheese used in moderation, uh, fish, including oily fish and sea vegetables, sardines, mackerel, herring, avocados, coconut, olives, whole foods or oils, seeds, nut oils, fat stirred into everything like grass-fed butter, coconut oil, coconut milk, ghee, warming ginger, cinnamon, cumin, turmeric, herbal teas and infusions, and kombucha and other naturally fermented non-alcoholic beverages. And then minimize or avoid foods like salads and raw vegetables, crunchy crackers and chips, heavy meat like steaks and organ meats, ice cream, sorbet, and gelato, sweetened skim yogurt, sweetened kefir, so the sweetened sugary things, uh, processed and refined cooking oils, strong caffeine and coffee, wine and beer. So those are the foods that you want to try to avoid or minimize. Um, use warming spices and add minerals um, with bone broths. So um, an example of a good day's meal would be um, for breakfast, having a joyful green smoothie. 
And you might say, hey, I thought you said you shouldn't eat cold foods. You should have warm, nourishing foods. Um, yes, very true. So um, having a smoothie with fresh fruit would be really good, especially, it, like I said, if you're birthing in the summer here in Arizona, it's already really warm. And even if you're, you're inside in the air conditioning, sometimes you just want something a little cooler. So um, in the book, The First 40 Days, there's a... Um, recipe for joyful green smoothie and it includes one to two handfuls of kale or spinach leaves, two cups of coconut water, a tablespoon of nut butter, a half of a fresh or frozen banana, a quarter cup of parsley leaves, a tablespoon of black sesame seeds, a tablespoon of maca powder, a tablespoon of spirulina, and then half a teaspoon of bee pollen. So having even if you added that banana frozen because it's only a half a banana it's not going to be super cold it's just going to be chilled but again you could just do all fresh foods um, meaning not frozen at, or chilled foods and that's not going to produce a, a really cold drink but it's still going to be cooling and refreshing as far as on your palate but easily digestible and um, really yummy and really good. So that produces two to three servings. Um, so you could half that if you wanted to. So that's that would still um, be a really good drink for you, whether, like I said, whether it's summertime or not, because you're not using a bunch of frozen fruit or ice to chill it. Um, and with that smoothie, having two or three eggs, depending on how hungry you are. And then for lunch, something simple like a chicken or veggie curry over rice or quinoa and add some fresh fruit to that. Some berries would be good, um, some citrus to get some vitamin C. And then for dinner, having a stew with lots of veggies and broth. Um, also in the first 40 days, they have an amazing uh, soup called um hold on let me see if I can find it I had it here a minute ago um let's see oh it's called C recovery vegetable stew and um the C stands for c-section um but um it has it's just a bunch of yummy root vegetables mostly um, carrots and potatoes and tomatoes and mushrooms um, it has cinnamon sticks and cumin in it but it has a cup of cashews in it which adds some protein and makes it kind of creamy and it also has some coconut milk so it I've made this soup or the stew for many women postpartum and they all love it for your vegetarian it's absolutely perfect and then um, for your non-vegetarians, you can add some, uh, some chicken or some beef stew. And as long as it's cooked until super tender, it's going to be easily digestible. Um, and then things like snacks and desserts throughout the day, because some women report being way more hungry breastfeeding than they were even when they were pregnant. So having um, snacks like avocado pudding or chia pudding coconut milk custard. Um, also from the first 40 days is a recipe for peanut butter and honey rice crispy treats that sound fabulous. Every time I read the book, I say I want to make these. 
Um, I need to go ahead and make some and maybe give them out to clients. And then having lots of teas on hand. So if you're already taking uh, or drinking pregnancy tea or pregnancy um, infusions, continue doing that because your body still needs those same wonderful vitamins and minerals that you're going to get from that. You can make yourself something like golden milk or hot cocoa and add collagen and um, grass-fed butter to it. Get everything you can out of it possible as far as make everything as nutrient-dense as possible to get all of your nutritional needs for creating that rich, um, beautiful milk for your baby and contribute to your healing. So those are my tips for um, the first two sections of the postpartum. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. And if you have any questions or suggestions um, of other things you would like to hear about, let me know. And next time we will talk about rest and contact with nature and then um, support. So if you have any questions specific to those categories, let me know and I will address them. Everybody have a fabulous day. Hey, Julie here again. Just wanted to let you know that I would really appreciate leaving a review for me on iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to me from. And again, if you have any questions or comments you would like to leave me a voice message for that I can even play on a future podcast on the Anchor app, you can do that. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you're connecting with others. And happy birthing, everyone.